Welcome to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm your host, Katie Skinner. Through listening to my voice, you will begin to feel more in touch with your voice. You'll feel more empowered, inspired, and uplifted to feel more you. Because I believe that more you is a good thing in this world. All the tools, tips, tricks, stories, and exciting conversations you've ever wanted to have around empowering yourself and diving deep into the world of psychology, spirituality, creativity, and beauty starts now. Hello, muses. It is Katie again, and I am so, 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 so excited to be here. Um, I think I say that every time um, because I am always excited when I report record a podcast because I only record podcasts when I'm excited. Uh, I always take a little bit of time to really feel my feelings when I feel them. But when I am in a state of excitement, um, that means it's time to take action. Uh, move matter, create something in your life. Sometimes, sometimes excitement means just celebrate. Literally pour yourself a glass of champagne, eat a cupcake, call a friend, celebrate. Um, I'm in a really good mood today. I actually just booked a call with a new coach. Um, she specializes in helping people like me with their business, um, getting really clear on what their offer is and who they speak to. Um, I have hired a variety of coaches, um, and this is the first one in a while. I, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but I feel like once I make that investment, um, once you put that money out, um, you know, you charge your card and it, and it, it flies away from your uh, bank account. I really like to think of the investment of what I'm getting rather than focusing on the money leaving and seeing that gap in your bank account, right? Like there's there's money that wasn't there, but I focus on the service that's coming in and I start to feel excited. I think um, anytime you buy something, even if it's like a little bit of an impulse purchase, um, as long as it's aligned, right? It's like a thing that you actually wanted <laughs> and you actually, at the end of the day, feel good about. Um, just scooting my chair. Um, there's that excitement. And I like to see that excitement as like this big wave that I'm going to ride into the next thing. Um, I don't want to go too far into that because that's a whole money mindset conversation. And today's not about money, actually. Uh, well, everything is about money, but that's a conversation for another day. Today, I'm going to talk about a topic I haven't touched on in a really, really long time, which is uh, body image. Um, lo loving your body, specifically the body, right? Um, everything from the neck down, <laughs> um, is what I'm focusing on today. Um, so long story short, but I'll get into the nitty gritty of the details. The long story short is that I am absolutely 100% breaking up. I'm done. I've deleted their number, not on speaking terms, done, cut off, blocked, deleted, 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 <laughs> um, anything that has to do with diet culture. And you might think that I've already done this. Like you'd think that I would have been through this. Um, no. So my story actually is that about two years ago, I think the majority of you who are currently subscribed to this podcast followed me back then. I know who listens to this podcast and I, I, I love you. I see you. Um, I know what lights you up. I know what you care about. I know what you want to hear about. 
I love you. Anyway, um, a lot of you were familiar with me when I went through uh, yoga, my yoga journey. I got my yoga certification and I was teaching yoga left and right. Um, and specifically the form of yoga was, is called booty yoga, B-U-T-I yoga. Um, I used to be obsessed with it. Um, for the first time in my life, when I first started learning about it and teaching it and seeing other people, um, you know, going with the flow and learning from me, like I really, for the first time, I was like, who cares what your body looks like when it can do so much cool stuff, when it can work this hard, when it can be a vessel for so much good change and to, um, help people. And I really just, that voice in my head, that, that, that negative Nancy, that like mean girl voice started to get really, really quiet. She was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> All right, well go ahead and you know, have fun. And I was just having the time of my life. I started like, <laughs> it started pretty slowly. I would like gradually wear less and less when I taught. <laughs> like I would wear shorty shorts and then I would wear like a baggy shirt. But then all of a sudden I started wearing tank tops and then I would take off my shirt and I would like teach in shorty shorts and like a tiny little shirt. And guys, if you knew me when I was, Jesus, like any age, any other age, if you knew me, that did not sound like me. Like maybe that's something that I wanted and I cried for and I craved for and I was so jealous of like, skinny girls are like fit people who got to like work out without their shirt on. Like, it's not just about the like sexual aesthetic of it. it. It's, it's not that at all. It's like the freedom, you know what I mean? Like that feeling of like the, the wind on your skin. Like I think about getting out of a pool and like your body is like has covered in water and the wind blows and the sun shines on you. Like that's not something that you really get to feel. Um, if you're swimming with a t-shirt on, you know? Um, and I am a firm believer that like, okay, yes, you can have, feel the sun on your face. You feel the sun on your arms and on your legs, but I prefer to keep this part of my body covered up, right? Like that's, that's one school of thought. And that's totally, I totally believe in that. I totally believe that if you feel empowered by covering up your body, like, yes, my personal experience and what I believe and what I understand from my studies of um, spirituality and nutrition and the body, um, and the chakra system and the endocrine system and all that stuff is that, um, yes, the sun will shine on your face and on your skin, but there is so much benefit for it accessing like the less accessed parts of your body. For example, your belly button, like if your belly button gets the sun, there's just like a whole other health benefit to that. Like your belly needs love too. And I, one feeling I really hate in the summertime is when your like shoulders are super, 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 super tan and like super, uh, you get a lot of exposure of the sun on your shoulders. I live in Las Vegas, so we get a lot of sun here and your belly is just like white, 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 white. And for me, it just feels like there's lack of balance in my body. And I don't like feeling like my tummy's so vulnerable. That's a whole other conversation. Um, it's not really well thought out. So if you feel like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, then that's fine. <laughs> I didn't really think that one through, but I, I'm just saying there is power to like giving love and like positive sensation to your body, like in all parts, not just, um, on your like face or your arms or the parts of your body that you're comfortable with. You know what I mean? Like you need to give some love to the parts of your body that are less exposed. For me, it's like my tummy. It's like for the longest time, anytime someone got near my tummy, I would like recoil and I would like hide. And, um, I still deal with, um, like lack of nerve endings, like lack of sensation on my tummy. Like I can't feel very well. Like if you poke my arm, I can feel it. But if, if like I poke myself in the stomach, like I'm literally poking myself in the stomach right now. Um, I can't really feel it. Like I don't have as much connection. Um, and that's typically uh, 
symptomatic of people who've had um, some kinds of trauma in their um, in their lives. Um, people who've had babies. I've never had a, like I've never birthed the baby. Um, but like, you know what I mean? Like there's that ab separation or is that like mental muscle connection? So this was very, very healing for me back to yoga and back to, uh, working out without a shirt on finally and not giving a flying heck of what anybody thought. Um, and in fact, like I actually re rewired that thought that like I was inspiring somebody. Um, even if there was like one person who was like, ew, what is she wearing? Like, then there was that one person who was like, oh, you can do that. Like, I, I want to, you know, I, I want to be free too. Um, and you inspired me to, to feel free too. Like that was so much more important to me than what anybody else thought. Um, and then that's when I started life coaching right at that point, because people actually approached me about it. They asked me, um, and I had a friend and mentor at the time who lovingly encouraged me. It was really uncomfortable conversation, but she lovingly encouraged me to try out life coaching. She was like, I think this is something you'd be really good at. I think that you would change a lot of lives. Um, and you seem to have all the natural skills for it. And I was like, you know, when you have that, that part of you, that's like, I want this, but I have been told my whole life that I could never, ever, ever have it. Um, and if I do have it, there'll be severe consequences. Like there, there's something like that for everybody. In fact, it's like that for multiple people with multiple things. But for me, that was like helping people in a capacity without going to school and getting a PhD in clinical psychology. You know what I mean? Like uh, people with PhDs in clinical psychologies are changing the freaking world, man. Like, I swear, they are saints that walk among us. Um, so I just really, really believed that that's what I needed to do in order to change the, the world um, or change one person's life, like in order to help anybody or to do what I really wanted to do. I had to go back to school. But um, this mentor of mine, her name is Meg. I love her. Um, she changed my life. Um, <laughs> um, she kind of called both crap on that right like she was just like well no you don't you you're not as long as you're not hurting people um as long as you are your truth you stick to like your truth and your guns and you don't try to sit, veer off in anyone's lane and diagnose people or <laughs> you know like you're you're holding space for people like people obviously want what you're offering like they want to learn from you they want to feel what you feel um they want to catch some of that light that's coming off of you right now um, in a mentorship style, like, I mean, sure you can give someone advice like here and there, but really like the way to change someone's life is to offer them a mentorship. Um, and you can get paid doing it. Like don't have that money wound of like, well, I don't deserve to be paid for my services. I'm getting a little bit off track here, but I, this, I do believe that this is very important and relevant to the whole conversation. Um, so that's where I started life coaching. Um, Eventually over time, um, as I kind of phased out of life coaching, like I wanted to feel like I wanted to upgrade, um, myself a little bit before going back. So I took a little break. Um, my last client, um, ended her contract and I didn't take on anyone new. Um, I really felt like I wanted to work on myself. Um, and I, I just like kind of started to slip in my own, um, my own body image. What had happened was, um, I actually took a job. I took a part-time job to help me save up for like new things in my business. Like I wanted to, um, invest in, excuse me, more coaches. I wanted to go on more retreats. I wanted to learn more. Um, and that can be quite of an investment sometimes. So I went back to get a part-time job to do so. And, uh, I got a job at flywheel, uh, which is a, um, if you're f familiar with soul cycle, 
Uh, it's the same concept. Um, very similar concepts. They have something that SoulCycle doesn't, though, which is called a torque board, where everybody's on their little bikes. It's, it's a stationary bike studio, indoor bike studio. And there's an instructor in the front. And there's, like, two big screens behind the instructor. And everybody has a little... Oh, man, what do they even call it? I don't remember what they called it. But everybody had, like, a little screen down between their knees where, like, the resistance knob is, um, if you're familiar. But just, like, if you're on a bike, imagine you're on a bike, stationary bike, and down, like, if you just, like, kind of look down where you're, like, if you just tilt your chin down, like, right there. So it's not like you're really craning your neck, but it's, like, right there, uh, kind of between the handlebars area. Um, there's a screen that said, like, your speed and your resistance and the calories you're burning and the power you're, um, you're outputting um, and whatnot. Um, and I, so I worked there, so I got those classes for free and I love fitness. I thought these classes were so fun. I thought they were so liberating. Like I love to go, I love the feeling of going fast, even though you're not going anywhere. Um, and I started to get a little, a little teensy bit addicted to the feeling of, um, of, of seeing those numbers and like, you know, my body's output, like my body's power can make that number go up. And that was really satisfying to me. Um, and then it kind of tells you, it gives you like a little notification if you broke a record or anything like that. Like um, it always sends you an email with your stats for that day. And I just fell in love with it. <laughs> um, I, I did anything I could. I ate really well. I drank lots of water. I slept well at night so that I could uh, like maximize that power like that I would put out on that bike. Um, cause I, I noticed that the number was higher if I ate well that day, like big surprise. Um, <laughs> so, um, I just got a little, 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 little addicted and I started to find not in a bad way yet though, but I started to find use in these body biometric tools. Um, I, from there, I kind of started trailing and going on to other places and, Again, before I start saying the names of any of these places I went to, I want to preface that I don't think that any of them are bad. I'm not going to say in this whole podcast, so don't hold your breath. I'm not going to bash um, any any anybody. I'm not going to bash any business or any style of workout because I do see the value in every single one of them. Um, I've tried like all the boutique fitness classes out there pretty much. And um, I'm not going to say that any of them are bad or wrong and that you shouldn't try out of them because they're all lovely. However, from there, uh, moving on, I found, I got a membership at Orange Theory. If you're familiar with Orange Theory, it is very, very numbers-based class. So you wear their specific brand of heart rate monitor and you do um, exercises like you'd see at the gym. There's a treadmill, there's a row machine, and there's like a little weights area. And you basically are in a group and you switch off. Um, you get a really great workout. Like, holy moly, it is such a good workout. If you really want to like ensure that you get a good workout and you're not just like half-assing it the whole time and like sitting in the back and hoping the instructor doesn't notice you, I recommend Orange Theory. However, be advised that they have their their version of like the heart rate monitor, their own brand um, that counts um, your heart rate and it puts you in a specific zone. So it's... Um, gray, blue, green, orange, red. That's what it is from like least to most intensity. And the idea is that you want to spend at least 12 minutes in the orange or red zone per class in order to get the like afterburn effect. 
awesome, right? That is so cool. And I was like, so before Flywheel and before, before Orange Theory, I was just doing lots and lots of yoga. And like occasionally I would go for a little jog or occasionally I would do something different, but I was just so in love with yoga, you guys. Like that's all I did. I really transformed my body with yoga, like plyometric yoga. And I would have hit yoga sometimes or like dance yoga. I don't know, I just loved yoga. Um, but I never ever measured my um, my progress. Like I never knew how many calories I burned per class. I didn't even know how much I weighed. I just did whatever. <laughs> and um, this was really new and exciting to me because I had numbers to reference like, oh, so this workout felt harder, but in fact it was the same. Like, I wonder if that means that I just didn't drink enough water today, um, whatever, whatever. Um, and I started to get really frustrated when I would see, I could see the numbers. I was working hard. I was burning like 500 calories a class at Orange Theory and Flywheel actually. Um, but I wasn't noticing any budging in the, in the mirror. I didn't own a scale yet at this point, um, but I wasn't noticing anything. My clothes were fitting me the same, but I felt fitter. Like I just felt stronger, but my body wasn't changing. And that was really frustrating for me. All I noticed was that I was just getting hungrier. And then because, so here's the kicker, because I felt like I was putting out so much effort, um, I felt like I was owed a six pack. Like I was owed um, like a huge booty and I was owed these like Michelle Obama arms. You know what I mean? Like, whereas before this was, none of this was a problem. Like I just did my thing. I did my yoga and like, I'm sure I felt kind of like unstructured a lot when I did yoga. Like I really didn't know or pay attention to like how many calories I burned. I never knew if my workouts were getting harder. I didn't have any specific goals. I was just kind of like blowing about in the breeze. Um, with Orange Theory, I had more goals, but the mistake I made was expecting a specific result just because I had output so much, um, so much effort into the classes. And that's not unreasonable. Like, I don't think I was being totally unreasonable. I just, I don't know. I don't know. So then I started to think like, okay, maybe I just need someone to help me keep accountable with weight loss and with my diet. So I'm sure you guys have heard of Noom. It's an app um, where you, it's like a coach. So it's an app where you have a coach who checks in on you. Um, you have a food diary, like you, you, you input your food. Um, and you have a group coach. So there's like a group chat with other people similar to you um, and another coach for that. And then there's daily articles. Um, and so I think you might've heard in their advertisements that Noom says that they, um, they are like, they make weight loss like science and psychology. Like they talk about the psychology and the science of weight loss, which is true. So there's daily articles so that helps you form the habit. So you read those articles every day and you learn something new even if it's not something new, it's like repetition. Because I, I mean, I believe and I know that repetition is like the key to a habit. You have to do the same thing every day. Um, and you have to like input all your meals. And I started to, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Again, not bashing Noom at all. Um, I could give my honest review of Noom, but that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> um, I think you guys will figure it out. Like, you know, I didn't end up sticking with it. Long story short, um, but it taught me a lot about myself and how the direction I was going in with obsessing about calorie input. And I don't think there's anything wrong with um, 
writing down what you eat and counting calories if that's right for you. But if it starts to feel, this is my personal opinion, if it starts to feel a little bit like you're smashing a round uh, peg in a square hole, is that what it is? <laughs> like you're trying to force yourself into something that doesn't feel right after you've given it the try, like an honest try. So here's the thing. After you've given it a shot and it still doesn't feel aligned, that's when it's okay to walk away, in my opinion. Because what if I were to join Noom and after like one week, I'm like, mm, I don't wanna I don't wanna track my food. This is too hard and you give up. It's just not aligned. No. You give yourself a time frame. I remember telling myself I was gonna give myself three months. You sign up, I think, for like six months at a time. I don't remember. It's like six months at a time. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. Um, but I told myself I was gonna give myself three months. Um, and I gave, I, I think I put in like five before I was like, okay. I tried, but honestly, tracking my food puts more stress into my life. And I found that when I am more stressed, I tend to feel fuzzy about what is and not aligned for me to eat and how it is and not aligned for me to exercise. Um, so during this time, I found myself just like crushing it at Orange Theory. Like I was going every single day and like, <sighs> I was working so hard and I started to get really, really mad at myself. Um, for not changing. And then um, that's when the, that's when quarantine happened and that's when everything closed. And I was like, no, 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 I'm gonna keep my, uh, I'm gonna keep my, I'm sorry, I'm stuttering guys. I'm gonna keep my results up. I'm not gonna be that person that gains weight during quarantine. I'm gonna push, push, push. Um, I've worked so hard, I've come so far. Despite the fact that my, I could tell that my body was feeling like really inflamed. Um, like it was just like puffing up as like a resistance to what I was doing, at least at the rate that I was doing it. I don't think there's anything wrong with workouts like Orange Theory. I think they're very, very awesome. Um, I love that they're so well balanced and I, I do recommend Orange Theory, but really check in with your mindset while you're there, while you're arriving and while you're leaving. And then when you're not there, like really think about it and be like, how am I feeling? Like, why am I dreading going right now? Is it because it's new and different or is it because it hurts <laughs> um, or is it because you're putting some other doubt on yourself? Like it makes you feel like you're not perfect or good enough. Like those are just interesting things to explore. Like if you ever feel like you're doubting going to your workout, like think about it, like why? Is it because like for me, one of the reasons I doubt going to work out is because I don't know what I'm doing. Like I hate going to the gym and wandering around and being like, uh, I guess I'll do some of these. Oh no, this guy's using that machine. Okay, I'm gonna go over here. So that's why I started going to Orange Theory in the first place because I love when like a coach is so organized and they're just like, look, this is the plan. I love that. As a former um, fitness instructor and like life coach myself, I just love giving people the plan and be like, this is it, put all your worries away, I got you. And I really value that service when other people do that for me. Um, so that's why I invested so much in going to Orange Theory when I could have just gone to Planet Fitness for $10 down the road because I value that, that, that service and I really take full advantage of it. As I was saying, um, Quarantine, I was doing all the quarantine workouts. By the way, I totally recommend um, Leslie Fightmaster for yoga and Chloe Ting for like HIT yoga, not, not yoga, HIT workouts. Oh, and um, if you want to switch it up and you're like, I don't know what I want to feel, but I want to like create one of those little playlists and like do a 40 minute workout, I recommend Mad Fit, literally Mad 
fit. She's amazing. She does dance workout. She just came out with a One Direction dance workout. Um, she did a, a like TikTok hits workout. So she like got the most popular songs off TikTok and like did a dance workout. She also does like just stretching classes and yoga totally for free. She's amazing. She has long and short workouts. Anyway, so I started doing those. And then I was like, but then I was like, this is not enough. This is not enough. Like I need to be fit. I need to be fit. I honestly don't know where that was all coming from. I don't know where that like need to push and be fit was coming from. I think I really just wanted to feel like I came out of this quarantine accomplishing something so that I wouldn't have to like do other things that I were calling to me. <laughs> That's a story for another day, but I was definitely putting off this like pull to up level my business, um, which I've done by now. So yay me. Um, and to go back to school, I really wanted to go back to school, which I've enrolled for. So yay me. Um, but I'll talk more about those in other episodes. Um, I just started to feel like it wasn't enough. So I bought a Peloton. <laughs> yeah, I bought a Peloton. Um, those are stationary bikes that you, they deliver into your house. Um, it took a little while for it to get there because, you know, quarantine and they were probably swamped with orders. Um, but I finally got my Peloton. Uh, long story short, I love it it. Um, I'm taking it really slow right now because I don't want to find myself in another orange theory situation. Um, but at first, at first I, cause they, there are metrics all over the screen. There's your calories, there's your output in kilojoules, there's your output in Watts, there's your heart rate. You can put your weight on there. Um, like just all these numbers are flashing all over the screen during a workout. What makes Peloton worth it to me, honestly, is um, the instructors. I was really worried that Peloton was just going to be like another super dry, gimmicky workout platform. Um, maybe you're familiar with it. I can think of a few off the top of my head um, that are like that. They're like these very diverse, like, oh, we have it all workout platforms, but they are very dry and very gimmicky. Hang on. I'm going to let my dog in. So yeah, uh, you might be wondering right now, um, Katie, why don't you just edit edit that out? Um, one, because editing and spending hours editing is not fun. And the reason that I made this podcast was to have fun. Um, and I think I said this in the last podcast episode, but I talked about how my goal for this podcast is to simulate you and me sitting across from each other, having a conversation. Literally you're in my room right now. And we're sitting across from each other and we're having this amazing conversation and we have some crackers and some sparkling water or maybe some champagne and pizza or whatever. It can be different every day. And we're just hanging out and we're chatting. Um, <laughs> and it's a real, real experience. It's like we're talking and we get so lost in conversation that um, the sun's going down and you're like, oh my God, I better get home. <laughs> Where did the time go? We're just so in that state of flow, you know? So of course, if something like really strange happens, of course I'm gonna edit it out. Um, but in the case of my dog just scratching at the door and I let him in, like whatever, it's fine. Okay, but back to this to the topic at hand here. So I started to feel this really intuitive little nudge that I was going a little too hard um, with the Peloton um, because, like I said, there are all these metrics and these numbers, um, and it tells you your high score, not your high score. <laughs> It's not a video game. It kind of feels like one, but your uh, record. So if you're taking a 30 minute class, like a 30 minute spin class, 
or an hour spin class or 45 or whatever. There's lots of options on there. Um, if you were to take that, um, it will tell you your highest record for that time. So let's say I'm minding my business. I'm sitting on the bike and I start a 20 minute bike ride class, whatever. And up at the corner at the right on the screen near the leaderboard, which is like where you stack up with everybody else. I always hide that thing because I'm honestly always in like 59,000th place because how many people have a Peloton and they're comparing you to everybody. And you can obviously filter it out. Like, okay, uh, people in their twenties in my area, like how do I stack up against them? But honestly, at this point, I just hide it for reasons that I'm getting into right now. Um, it used to really like encourage me and really, uh, motivate me. Um, but I think that that mentality and that lifestyle really what, what contributed to my adrenal fatigue that I think I talked about in previous episodes. Um, but long story short, I just felt super exhausted. Like a year ago, my hair started falling out. Hence why I shaved my head. Anywho, um, at the top right of the screen on your Peloton, it'll say as you're starting your 20 minute bike ride, just to get yourself warmed up for the day, it'll say, uh, previous record, 250 calories or whatever. I just made that up. I don't know what it actually says. Um, and it triggers this little part of my brain of like, okay, I know I said I was just going to do this for a 20 minute, um, warm up to start the day. Like I just want to get going, get motivated because I love the instructors. They are so motivating and the classes really do feel like therapy. I used to gag when I hear people say that, but no, I really, really feel this. Like Peloton did a great job with that. Anyway. Um, and I'm like, okay, so last time I did a 20 minute workout was when I was already warmed up and I took some pre-workout and I had a really good day and I was just really feeling it. So I pushed myself. That's why I got that number of calories, but I'm here on a morning and I just want to warm up. Do I need to beat or match that last record? Probably not. But having to do like that mental math and like that emotional energy that was being leaked every time I looked at that number, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> you know, like I was just like, so I just started hiding all of those things or I just like, don't look at them. Like I actively have decided like, no, it's kind of like, like the reason why I use the phrase breaking up with diet culture. And I'm going to get more into diet culture, not just like exercise numbers. I'm kind of going more into the backstory of, um, where this all started. So to preface the reason why I call it breakup and the reason that I'm saying I'm breaking up with all of it is because, you know, when you, you and your boo just broke up and you want to stay friends, but it's just like still too new. It's like still really fresh and you're not sure if you can be friends and like be okay and still heal. And every time you have that mental energy that gets like that you, you waste by being like, um, should I text back? How long do I text back? Like how long should I make them wait? Uh, did I come off too desperate? Like, is this helping? And so that's when your friend is like, girl, (laughs) you need to just block their number. Like not saying that you hate them, not that you want them to die or you wish that they were never born, (laughs) but you need to focus on you. And for the next couple weeks, months, days, whatever, the answer to should I text them is no. And just give it, give it an experiment. Try it out. 
and see where it leads you. This is the only way that you can heal. So that exact same logic was what I applied to my fitness. Um, Should I care about this number? Should I be upset that technically I am 40 pounds heavier now than when I was in college? In college, when I ate tons of fast food, didn't sleep, uh, drank so much coffee that my heart probably exploded and my hormones got all messed up, um, drank every weekend. Did I already say that one? Um, And just was very, very stressed. And after college, where I've established a normal routine, mostly, I sleep great. I sleep just fine. Um, Eating healthier, have since found myself through yoga, did Orange Theory and Flywheel and Peloton, and now I'm 40 pounds heavier. Should I care about that? There's that tiny little voice in my my voice that says, yes, you should care. You absolutely should care. You should throw yourself on the floor and cry. You should cut out gluten. You should cut out sugar. You should have never celebrated your nephew's birthday. You should have just had carrots. Like, I know that this sounds ridiculous right now, but if you're listening to this podcast, maybe there's a part of you that resonates with that as well, that every little thing you could doubt yourself, like every little failure, quote unquote, heavy, heavy air quotes here, every failure or setback, you're doubting yourself. And you're like, oh man, (laughs) I should not have even done that. Like, honestly, if I was just one of those people who drank water and air and gluten-free crackers, like then I would be at my fittest and the skinniest, and then I would be happy, right? That's where the logic goes. The logic goes to like, okay, you'd be skinny or you'd be fit or whatever. But then what? Would you be happy? Would anything be different in your life? Like, I'm not saying that to focus on fitness and health and losing weight is to compromise something else. Um, That's another limiting belief that like, you know, something always has to give, the other shoe must drop. I believe that's a limiting belief. However, think about what you're striving for when you're like killing yourself with exercise or when you're past the point of comfort. And I know that traditional conventional fitness says like you must step out of your comfort zone, but challenge that boot camp idea for just a minute and think, is this really what's best for you? Like, yes, you're getting stronger, but are you getting happier? Maybe, but only really only you can answer that. So like, that's just what I'm here to challenge you is to think about. That's what I had to think about. And I do find a lot of joy and a lot of pride in being strong. Like, I I think most of you can relate to that. Like, it just feels good to be able to get on the treadmill and run a mile or to go on a hike and not feel winded and feel like everyone has to keep up with you. You know what I mean? I, that's what I love. It's like, I love when you go out into the real world, quote unquote, and you're not in the gym. I love feeling like I can, I can support myself um, when I'm playing with my, with my um, nephews and niece and I feel like I'm strong enough to hold them or I'm hiking or I'm walking or I, I, you know, my dogs aren't out walking me. Like, I love that feeling. However, what was I chasing there on that treadmill? Like really another interesting thing, maybe this is just me, but I started noticing that the more I was running on treadmills, um, the more I was killing myself on stationary bikes, I was noticing that I started having a lot of dreams of not of running and not being and not getting anywhere. I'm sure that you guys have had that dream where you have that like dream where you're like running or walking 
or in some cases I'm like punching and fighting and I'm not actually hurting anybody or doing anything like nothing's happening. Um, and I would have dreams where I would try to talk and nothing was coming out or like no noise was coming out or people couldn't understand me. That is so scary. And a part of that is like, yes, your body um, relaxes your muscles so that you're not actually moving and like running in your dreams. But I think that that was just like some kind of message um, that I was intended to receive um, from my subconscious mind that I was just focusing so much on output and not results and not getting anywhere or going anywhere or like am I actually becoming happier and more fulfilled um the direction I was running in I was I was not really going anywhere if that makes sense um so that started to trickle into other areas of my life like it's not just exercise metrics it's like products with the words detox um like anti-bloating flat tummy um lose weight like even the ones that are really, really sneaky. Like, of course, I'm not saying that everyone's going out and buying flat tummy teas, but there's just a lot of products out there that I'm like, oh, this is good. This is healthy. Um, I'm going to buy this because it's good for, for, for me in whatever capacity. <laughs> um, but then when you really think about it, it's like, like I bought these these um, pills that seemed healthy. They were very branded, very, um, like, very healthy kind of, hippie vibes <laughs> you know what I mean um but what they did was like give you a flat tummy if you ate them before you ate ate them before you ate if you took one before a meal they'd give you a flat tummy and I used to take them all the time like full disclosure I've also drinking like three different brands of flat tummy teas guys I'm totally just letting it out there because I'm really like breathing this out and just letting all this negative energy out and turning it into something that might help somebody else, which is this podcast. It's essentially the whole mission behind my entire podcast um, is to put all my knowledge out there, let it go, talk it out with you, my dear friend, and um, not let it sit in my, in my system anymore. Um, so um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Flat tummy teas, uh, like this probiotic that you would take all for the goal of a flat tummy all the time. That was like, if you really had to get down into the nitty gritty and ask myself, why was I buying these things? Why was I taking these things? It wasn't to feel better. Like, honestly, if you really tap into your body, you probably feel great. Probably. It's just that you feel like you shouldn't feel great. Like there's just mostly something wrong with you if you feel good. And if you don't feel great, you intuitively know what to do. You never in your highest alignment, never in your highest good, are you watching TV or scrolling your phone looking for the answers on what can I do to feel better? Like that's your ego. Your ego is looking for that next thing to just like stuff it down to get the next thing. So think about it. Like diets were not made to work. <laughs> it took me so long to figure this out. And I've been thinking about this stuff all the time. I've always been conscious of diet culture. Um, I remember I read in a magazine when I was like 12 years old that this one celebrity went on a watermelon diet where she literally only ate watermelon and lost a bunch of weight. Like no duh, she lost a bunch of weight because she ate watermelon only. Like I cannot believe that that magazine got away with pushing something like that. Like that is just insane. Anyway, <laughs> um, I've always been conscious, but it took me for until now to realize, okay, so diet is an industry. We can agree on that. In order for an industry to be evergreen, always relevant, always making money, 
um, always turning profit, it needs to have some underlying reason why people were consistently going to it. So for example, the diet industry doesn't want you to just buy their things right before summer, right before Christmas, right after Christmas, right around New Year's. They want you to always be dependent on them. That is how they can maximize their profit. So any business relies on a, a constant problem in order for a constant solution for constant profit. Um, so I'm just, I was, I was raised very, very skeptic of marketing. <laughs> That's my bar- background. My parents were always very skeptic. They were always teaching me how to like read through commercials. Um, they never bought me anything when I was a kid with like a, with like a cartoon on it because they were like, there's no Pokemon on this. You just want to buy it because there's Pokemon on it. Like move on. Anyway. So if a diet worked, you would not need another one. And the whole fitness industry, okay, not all of it. A lot of the fitness industry relies on the upsell or like the, oh, but wait, there's more like level two. Like, okay, so you got level one diet. Now this is for the people who are really serious about losing weight. These are for the people who are really serious about looking good on the beach. The whole industry is dependent on that. Um, And there is such thing, I didn't learn this until I started my own business, but there is such thing as aligned marketing. and I'll get into that in another way, another day. I talked a little bit about in my episode, in my episode of um, the best marketing advice I can give you. I talked a little bit about that and how it can be very aligned and like leaders can come from a place of purity and like wanting to do good and maximize their their growth and like their earnings. Like I don't think that whatever. I'm getting ahead of myself. So I made a conscious decision to stop paying attention to exercise metrics. Um, so I wear my heart rate monitor when I ride my Peloton bike, um, to look back later, but for now, 100% not looking at it. And if the question comes up of, should I make this mean something about me? The answer immediately is no, this means nothing about me. Same with, um, dessert or food. Does this mean something about me that I had gluten in my breakfast? No. It means that you were hungry and you put something in your mouth. Like literally no argument. Like I was not entertaining, picking a fight with my inner mean girl, with my inner perfectionist. No. And then I went, um, I went shopping for some sweatpants because I actually noticed I don't own any sweatpants. I actually, I think I, I packed them away in my move and then I didn't bring them because I was like, oh, I'm moving to Las Vegas. I don't need sweatpants. Well, I need a pair of sweatpants. I love sweatpants. So I bought these sweatpants and I noticed that there were these sweatpants that were, this is at Ross, by the way. And you know, you can find all kinds of funny things at Ross. Um, there was these sweatpants at Ross that had a tummy flattening band on them. I think you might be like, if you're familiar with Spanx or any type of thing like that, um, it had that band on the belly so that you could wear your sweatpants and then have your tummy tucked in. So a little bit of background before I talk about how I was triggered by this. I had a boyfriend when I was 15, 16, the first time in my life that I fell in love with someone, the first time I felt like my heart opened up to this person and like, you just feel like you're so in love with them and you feel like you're going to spend your life with them. And for Christmas, he got me a corset or not a corset. A corset implies that it like has the ribbons on the back. And it's like cool and like for a costume or something. Um, no, this was not that. 
I don't really know what it's called. I think the proper term is a girdle. It's like a bodysuit type thing. This was back in 2010, 2009-ish, um, where before bodysuits were like fashionable, right? <laughs> um, it was something that you wore underneath your clothing that compressed your body. Um, so sort of like a waist trainer. He got that to me as a Christmas present. And he, I don't remember if I said birthday earlier, either one. I don't remember. It was in December. My birthday's in December. So I don't really remember. Um, and I remember him, he was telling me like, this is from a place of love. Like, I love you. I want you to have this. I think it would look good on you. And holy moly, it was so uncomfortable. Like you're not, first of all, if you own one or you want to buy one, more power to you. However, I will just say they are not meant to be worn 24 seven. Like wear it for an event. That's it. Like, holy guacamole. Like wearing that constantly gave me so much like organ damage (laughs) and so much like, like intestine problems. I don't know. Like nothing felt right in my body when I wore that thing. Um, but I had it convinced in me that it was coming from a place of love and like beauty is pain. And like, sometimes we need to get uncomfortable and okay, whatever you believe in, wherever you're going in your place, whatever you're at in your life right now, right now for this experiment that I'm talking about specifically for this podcast episode, I am trying to unlearn all of that. And I didn't realize like how deeply ingrained it was until I like, I also had some tablets in my closet that were labeled like superfood tablets. You put them in your water and they were marketed as like uh, anti-bloating, like weight loss, even though it said superfood, I'm sure that's like what helped me pull the trigger. I'm like, oh, it's healthy. It's a superfood and it has caffeine in it. So I was like, okay, that might give me a little pep to my step. But it's just so deeply ingrained in me that I probably bought it because it said like beat bloating, like bloating is normal. Give yourself a week to let yourself be bloated and you will tell if you pay attention when it's normal bloating because you have a body and it's doing its job and it's healing and recovering from whatever crazy diet you did last or when it's bloating because you fed it something it didn't really want like too much salt or too much sugar or like too much meat or too much fiber like you'll start to feel that if you give yourself I want to say like a month, like give yourself a month with this experiment to just don't step on your scale. Don't buy anything that says detox, weight loss, whatever. And just try it out and see how you feel. I think for me, it's maybe been two weeks um, with absolutely no questions asked. I don't even care if it's still in my closet. I am not looking at it. I'm not texting that boy. Mm -mm, We broke up. (laughs) Um, And I I really encourage you to do the same thing. Just anything that is number metric related, um, anything that is weight loss related, anything that is anti-bloating, anything that is detoxing. um, I mean, there is something to be said about like how you can use these things in a healthy way or how you can assist your kidneys with detoxing, right? Because we know that our kidneys um, and our liver help us detox. But... I believe at the end of the day, if you really want to get technical, that there's nothing wrong with helping and and giving an assist um, with the certain foods that we eat and like what we drink. However, for this experiment, no way, Jose, mm -mm, don't care. 
And it, it led me to leave a lot of questions that I had to journal on and ask myself in order to prepare for this podcast. Uh, I really wanted to think about it and I really wanted to have this podcast ready with, with a lot of um, value. Um, and it, ha- it leaves me with some questions that I want to ask you guys just to think about because you know that I always want to end this podcast on a little bit of value. Um, so first really think about it, like meditate on it, like think about it while you're driving or while you're in the shower, like let the answer come to you is one approach. Or the other approach is immediately the first answer you think of is right. There's two different approaches and it all depends. And I don't know, everyone's different. You have to kind of explore for that yourself. First question, looking at your lifestyle, looking at your clothing, looking at the way you dress, looking at the way you stand, looking at your body language, looking at the way you talk, looking at the food you eat, looking at what you look at in the grocery store, this is how deeply ingrained diet culture is. Think about it. What must be your subconscious goals, quote unquote, in your lifestyle? Is it weight loss? Is it having a flat tummy? Is it a six pack? Is it thinner thighs? Is it clear skin all the time? Is it recovering from whatever thing, quote unquote, ruined you? Like depression or a pregnancy or quarantine? What subconscious goals are embedded in your lifestyle? So if you were to go into your kitchen and into your closet and you were to just like be a third person neutral observer, what must be your, the thing you're the most concerned about? Because for me, I, all of my shit <laughs> is pertain to weight loss, like lose weight, like hide this part of your body. I mean, like I said, back to those magazines I read when I was 12, there was magazines that were literally talking about like what part of your body you should hide and how to dress for it. And I've never forgotten that. Um, so what are those goals? Just to become aware of it. Like if you were to walk into a stranger's house and you were to look at all their food, would you be able to tell like what they're obsessed with? Like, are they obsessed with clear skin? Are they obsessed with uh, their diet? Are they obsessed with um, losing weight? Are they obsessed with um, like, like, are they keto? Are they all like all into, I don't know, whatever. You get what I'm saying. Second question is, if you, so the first question, first of all, before I go farther, is just to cultivate awareness of what subconsciously are you reaching for and like, what are you trying to change about yourself? No hope, no judgment, just holding that in your knowledge box. Number two, if you woke up and had your dream body, like whatever your dream body means to you, you woke up and you had your dream body. How would that feel? Think about the feeling. So for me, I always think about like swimming in the ocean in a bikini. Like, oh, that must feel so good if I don't have any worries or insecurities about my flaws or anything like that. I'm not worried about cellulite. I'm not worried about dimples. I'm not worried about like weird tans. Like, I don't know, nothing. What would that feel like? And what would you do? Okay, yeah, like I would lay out and I would go swimming and I would run around and I wouldn't worry about this or I wouldn't worry about how that felt. I wouldn't worry about what that person thought. I would just be very much more active and playful and thinking about other things. And then for me, the conclusion that I came to with those questions was, what if you woke up tomorrow? Bear with me on this one because it might feel like a little crazy. 
What if you woke up tomorrow and decided that your body as it is right now was the your dream body? Like, yes, that's it. Every spot on my body, every 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 curve, every dimple, every edge, every I gotta let my dog out again. Hang on. He like wants in and out, in and out like he's a cat. Every curve, every edge, every dimple, every line, every freckle, every mark every inch was like the beauty standard. Like, oh my God, all the models looked like you. They all had your body and they like, it was just perfect. It was the most perfect body as it is right now. Like, I'm not saying pretend that your body was different. I'm saying pretend that what it is right now, use your imagination, use your fantasy brain skills to pretend that for a minute. How would you stand? How would you dress? How would you go about your life? (laughs) That for me was like, holy guacamole. Like, wow. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Because I mean, the reality is like, you don't know. Like someone else would die for your body. Probably someone else probably is dying for your body. Somebody else must love your body because they don't have it. Like, you know. So really just think about that. Um, That's really all I have. Um. Think like feel free to share with me, please. Uh, tag me at Be Your Own Muse the podcast. Let me know what you thought. I would love to hear some of your answers. It really just lights me up when you guys share with me. It's like, oh, it gives me those little heart flutteries. I love hearing from you guys. Um, I pay attention to everybody who subscribes to this podcast, who follows. Um, I set out this time around to really make this podcast for me. I'm not worried about what anybody thinks about me or what anyone else thinks my podcast should look like. It took a lot of mental work for me to do that um, and to just create and just press play and start gabbling. (laughs) But that being said, the opposite is true and that I really care about you guys and I really care about what you think. And I do every time one of you hits subscribe, every time one of you hits play, um, every time one of you interacts me on, in- on Instagram, I literally like envision myself hugging you and like inviting you over to my house and like, let's chat girl. Like there's more room for you. Yes. Bring your friend too. Like I just, in my, my fantasy here, I have this giant house with like a pool and all these chairs and I have five dogs that you can all pet. Um, they're well-trained though. So don't worry. They're not going to jump up and lick you unless you're cool with that. Um, <laughs> And I have lots of wine in my fridge and I have cheese and crackers and we can just hang out and like watch movies. And (laughs) I'm really going crazy over here. But this is what I think about. This is literally, this is like the vibe that my head goes through to keep me going through the day, to really keep me creating and really keep me in my zone. And I really, really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening this far, um, for listening this much, for being such a loyal subscriber. Um, every time you push play and listen, like I, I pray that one of your prayers get gets answered. Maybe two, maybe three, maybe all of them. I don't know. Um, and that you could come to my house someday and we can paint each other's nails or something. Anyway, don't forget to tag me at be your own muse podcast, the podcast, be your own muse, the podcast. Um, I love hearing from you guys. Uh, please like share, subscribe, leave a review that really helps me. Um, all right. Bye-bye.